Welcome to Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dom went from a life of organized crime to federal prison. There, God saved him and set him free. Soon after his release, he attended seminary and received his master's degree and is now the senior pastor of Desert Sky Baptist Church, where he serves with a passion for biblical theology right here in Casa Grande. Now let's join our host, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dominic Grimaldi here with Street Talk Theology. Always a pleasure and an honor to be with you. Got my co-host with me, Pastor Michael Teddy. Um, and I'll get Michael on for a second. Um, we are doing, we decided, uh, I think it was last week, to do a three-part series. So we're trying to be succinct. You know, oh, you know, we, we talked about succinct. We talked, we speak, we spoke about last week how our confessions need to be succinct, but we need to be succinct too, because we think these are three important topics that we want to get on. Last week we did the top uh the importance of confessions within the church. And we're going to revisit that later, but we were pretty succinct. Now today, before I give you Pastor Michael, today we're going to look at the importance of reading extra biblical material, not to take place of the scripture, to be read alongside the scripture. And that has to do with sound biblical commentaries. um, And it also has to do with some books, some, some books that we read from authors that we can trust. And I do want to say this. Um, uh, I do want to say this. Again, I'm going to give it to Pastor Michael in a second. There are some times that you can read liberal theologians who we may not land with, we may not, you know, land the plane with, but there are some liberal theologians that are good in history and stuff like that. We just don't land in the same place. When you are in a a teaching position or even a learning position, as Pastor Michael so profoundly said last week, the congregation needs to be responsible too, just like the elders need to be responsible. So we want to, I think today, Pastor Michael is going to help us navigate on what are some good things that we can read alongside Scripture to help us interpret Scripture, never to take the place of Scripture but to be read alongside. Is that a good introduction, Pastor Michael? And you can take it from there. Yeah, I, it is. And I, and I feel like this is a topic that I, you know, I, I, I would love to come at from different angles. And I'm still thinking, where do I start? Um, but uh, I think it is important for us. I think it's Martin Luther who said, if you want to change the world, pick up a pen and write. And uh, <laughs> yeah. that, that is so true. Uh, it is such a profound, you know, in fact, when we think about it, it is such a profound treasure that we have in written books. If you if you think about it, uh, the, the Bible tells us that not all must be teachers and uh, and that God has gifted and appointed teachers for the church, people who are supposed to teach the word of God, teach God's truth to God's people. And what we have through the written material of books are preachers down through centuries to think about it you can pick up a book by charles spurgeon and he can preach to you tonight in that book we have such a treasure chest of resources i think fundamentally we need to realize that the way god has 
transmitted his truth to his people are through men who wrote things down. So if we start with the Bible, we've got God-appointed men who were inspired to write what we call the canon of Scripture. Now, the canon of Scripture is closed. That is fully inspired. It is the very word of God. But I'm trying to come to the principle behind the word is that God chose to allow his truth to be preserved and transmitted across the whole extent of redemptive history through the writing of books. From Genesis to Revelation, God wrote a book for us to read. And uh, that principle carries forward for those who read this book, who study the Bible, who learn the Bible, who have been instructed and gifted of God to teach others, to carry on what they learn. And so it is one of the ways that God has um, taught the church throughout history, throughout centuries, uh, by gifting men who can write and who can write well. And so in all of these books, we are given so much of wisdom, so much of knowledge. And, uh, and even in books, you know, like you were talking about liberal theologians writing stuff that we don't you know, necessarily land on on many issues, you can still find good books there. You can still find books that talk about truth there. And so I think, I think fundamentally the ability or the fundamentally seeing the importance of books is to understand the importance of how God communicates his truth throughout centuries. And so, like you said, no book can take the place of the Bible because the Bible is the only inspired canon. It is the very word of God. Uh, but the principle that God can teach and has taught throughout centuries to us, his word, his gospel, uh, it's, it is just a wonderful treasure for us to pick up these books and, and read it. And people don't recognize what a blessing they are. Yeah, and even Paul used um, extra biblical material. He mentioned it in his letters and, and, and things, some, some Greek writings and stuff like that. So, okay, question. Um, as we're talking about books, um, you as a pastor, I know that if you're going to write a sermon, there's prayer involved, right? Uh, pastor Michael, you're going to pray about what you, what you write. So my question is, in your preparation, um, this may be a little off topic, but I think it kind of it puts a little skin in the game, so to speak. So you're going to pray about what you're going to preach. If you, even if you're preaching for a book in the Bible, um, and I know you're going to speak about uh, next week about Mark 13, because you've been doing some of that stuff. So that's our next segment for next week. So my question is, and, and, and this works different ways in, uh, for different pastors, if you uh, pray about what you're going to preach on or write on, will you read the text, write the sermon, or maybe as you're looking at the text and reading the text, you may want to read what a commentary says and then write, or maybe there's different times you do different things. So I just want to pick your brain on that. Is that a fair question? Yeah. And I think I've had different stages. So for example, when I was very young in my faith growing up, uh, I used to read the Bible and just read it for what it gave me. I used to uh, read it on my own. I used to learn it on my own. 
until I grew older and uh, I heard a sermon by Paul Washer that changed my life. And the, the way it changed my life was everything I thought I knew, I knew wrong. Not everything, but at least a lot of the fundamental things. And so things that I, were, I was picking up from tele-evangelists and things like that. And that did something to me where uh, I suddenly realized I don't know how to read the Bible. I, and I stopped trusting myself to do it. So at that point, uh, commentaries, uh, a good study Bible, notes from the good study Bible, uh, like the ESV study Bible, all listening to good sermons were all excellent guides, ways for me to learn what the scripture taught and uh, how to read scripture. And so I think at that point, I don't think I was all that capable of understanding what the scripture was saying on my own. I needed help. And I, and I got help from uh, many of these resources. But over time, as I learned the Bible and I was and I grew in my knowledge of Scripture, and I became a preacher. Today, if you ask me the question how I go about it, uh, I don't start with the commentary now. Uh, I start with the text because it was important for me when I used to read commentaries that I learned to interpret the Bible like those men were doing it. I I always talk about this where I. I, I did not want to be a second-hand theologian. I didn't want others to study the Bible and tell me about the Bible all the time. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be satisfied with that. I was greatly blessed when people taught me that the Bible they studied, but I wanted to be like them. I wanted to know the scriptures like they knew it. I wanted to, do, I wanted to read it like they were reading it. And so when I the more I began to preach and God started calling me into the pastorate, I started naturally doing things differently where I wouldn't start with the commentary. I'd go to the text. I'd labor on the text. I'd pray on the text. I'd uh, work on the text. And after I'd spent a solid amount of time coming up with the material for or the outline of my sermon, then I would go and read commentaries. Uh, I would go and look up uh sermons, all to make sure that I am more or less in line with Christian orthodoxy, to make sure that uh, I'm not pulling stuff out of my hat, to make sure that I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not coming up with these things uh, on the basis of my own opinion, but that it's actually there in the text. And the more I began to do that, it just got more wonderful for me. And so that's one way these books actually do help because they not only teach you what the Bible teaches, but they teach you how to look at the Bible the way they look at it. Yeah, and I think, too, um, I, I like that. And I think I, for my own self, I mean, obviously I got saved in prison. And I, again, uh, would just read the Bible and, and I, I was preaching in prison. And I found out you know, later that a lot of the stuff I I. Um, let me say this right, contextually probably did not have right. And later on, as I read commentaries, I learned more a lot about context and stuff. And now today also, like you, I'll try to write a sermon first and then go to the commentary. But now sometimes if I am really stumped somewhere, and, and I might 
be flowing really well, Pastor Mike. And then there might be something in there that kind of stumps me. I says, man, I, I, I don't, I don't want to make, I, you know, I'm, I might go to a commentary just on that one piece and just see where it may fit in and, and, and things of that nature. But I, I like to do what you do. I like to try to write the sermon first and deal with the commentary last. Um, if, if, if I can, and, and, uh, we might we can maybe do a show uh and it would take probably a, at least a segment on what are good commentaries to read and, and and again like you said like I said I know uh and I just have this book here cuz I was shown you know William Barclay is uh somebody that I don't land with in a lot of, I, you know there are some things that he's just a little liberal for me but I got this book Letters to the Seven Churches but he's a good historian he understands a lot of that culture. And, you know, let's 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 talk this, you know, um, the church in Laodicea. And, and, and again, we do this. We don't mean Pastor Michael do not have notes that we go over. We just talk about stuff. That's just the way we're wired. You know, the church in Laodicea, when you talk about a the lukewarm water, you know, you know, you've heard that preached. You know, well, if you're lukewarm, this and that. No, but the Bible says if you're hot or cold, and there was two types of waters. Um, there was hot springs. I don't know if it was up in Colossae or um, down. I think it was up in Hierapolis. There were hot springs in Colossae. They were cold springs. And by the time their water got to uh, Laodicea, the water was lukewarm. And what Jesus is saying is, I'd rather you be hot or cold. I'd rather you be like these other churches but you're no different than your water. Now, how the heck are you going to know that if you don't if you don't know the background? I mean, God the Holy Spirit is sovereign, but you have to do some studying. So, and how many sermons have we heard Pastor Michael on don't be a lukewarm Christian? Now, that's not it's basically the Lord is saying you're no different than your water. You know, you lukewarm water you can't make coffee with. And you can't you can't drink cold as a as a refreshment, he says. So you're you're not being a refreshment, so you're gonna get spewed out of your mouth. So something like that, right, Michael? I mean, something like that. We gotta know something about extra biblical material. Does that make is that okay? It it is. In fact, I'd go so far as to say that um to avoid reading extra biblical books, these books written by Christian authors, to avoid reading that and to just stick with the Bible and yourself is often a very proud position. Mm. Uh, it's a position that it's a position of I, I can get all this by myself. I can understand all this by myself. I just need the Bible. It's just me and the Bible. And that just seems like a very proud place to be. It requires humility to be otherwise. Yeah, Michael, that's, man, that's a good, you just brought up a question because, man, I love to have when Pastor Michael's here with the, because uh, something comes up and it's good to bounce this back. So I get that. And I believe that. But what about the person who says, now, and I'm, I, this is here. What about the person that says, well, you got the Holy Spirit? Why do you need these books? You know, I mean, you've heard, have you heard that, Pastor Michael, right? I oh. mean, well, you got the oh, yeah. spirit. And I, now my question is, and now my answer to that, but I, I want you, because I want you to, we got a little time on this segment. It's a good segment. You know, you yes, you have the spirit. God has saved you. But the spirit is going to tell you the year that 
uh, David reigned. The Spirit's not going to tell you that he reigned in 1000 BC or whatever it might be. That's something that the Spirit should drive you to look up to make sure that your sermon or your preparation or your Bible study or even talking to your spouse is right. So, you know, have you heard that? Uh, why do you need a commentary? You have the spirit. Or, you know, why do you need to read extra biblical stuff? You have the spirit. Have you heard? Right. Um, I mean, that's what you hear a lot here in America. Yeah, I, I've heard that a lot. And I, it, I and my response to that kind of an argument is uh, to say that uh, God sent the spirit. Jesus sent the spirit to be with us, to guide us. We didn't send the spirit. Uh, so we don't get to dictate to the spirit the means by which he equips us. Ah. Nobody's arguing that the spirit is uh, going to help us. Nobody's arguing that the spirit equips us. The point is, how do we dare tell the spirit that this is how you should help us? I'm going to sit with my Bible. Holy Spirit, you are supposed to help me. I'm not going to read any other books. I'm just going to sit with the Bible. You help me. When there are books that he has brought and he has made men write to assist us mm. to study the Bible. So it, it again seems to me like a very proud position to say, this is the only way by which the spirit is allowed to help me. Now, having said that, I know people who are not trying to be proud, uh, who are just not attuned to reading much. People who have never read books in their life. They've never had that practice. They're probably now, you know, uh, old. They're probably in their 60s or their 70s and they've never really read books. And now you're telling me I have to build up this habit of reading books. I'm so I'm, so, I'm just going to sit with my Bible and I'm going to cry to the spirit to plead and ask him to help me. Now, I'm not talking about those people, right? I'm not I'm not saying that uh, God's not gracious to many people who find it very difficult to read books. Uh, what I am trying to say is that God has given us many means of grace, not just one. And uh, preaching is a means of grace. It is a means by which the Spirit teaches us. Counseling is a means of grace. Nobody says that I will only be counseled through preaching. I don't want to be counseled by counselors. Right? Nobody says I don't want preaching. I only want counselors. We understand that God gives us fellowship, uh, worship, uh, confessions, as we were talking about, all these things are means of grace and the spirit works through them all to benefit and bless us. So to avoid reading because of a belief that I only need the Holy Spirit is to press upon the spirit, the means by which you want him to work. And that's not the way it works. We have to step back and say, oh, Lord, teach us, help us. Um, and so for those of you who don't read books, here's an encouraging story. I haven't read books uh, properly uh, till two years ago. And I've been a pastor for seven years now. So you can imagine. My love for books came quite late and uh, God has been faithful. In fact, the way it started for me is uh, I've got this book here by Doug Wilson called Productivity. Um, and so uh, 
uh, one of my friends uh, he's been on the podcast ashok is the one who kind of pushed me to read this book he was so excited about it he was jumping i was afraid he'll jump off the balcony so i <laughs> i decided to grab grab the book and uh, take a look at it and it's a well written book it's an excellent it's a small book for those of you who find reading difficult it's just a very small book it's just got about 100 pages um but by the time i finished this book i fell in love with reading it is well written and it really gives us uh some great insights on how to develop the habit of reading and how we can be more productive and how we can uh and and it's very theological what what michael I, pastor michael would you say on the habit of why i i missed that it's on the habit of reading it's it's basically the book is on productivity how how we can be more productive okay good and one of one of the things that doug wilson touches on is how you can get better at reading books and just the the way he approaches it from scripture theologically i finished reading this book and i and i and it inspired can you imagine a book on productivity inspired me to read the bible because the way he saw the bible i never saw before in fact we had the privilege of having dug on one of our conferences uh, and we did a panel discussion with him where i told him that he reading this book i learned how to think in a way that i have never thought before and that's what happens when you read good authors who uh, whom god has gifted with the ability to take god's truth from the bible and communicate it in profound ways that you read it and you go why why didn't i ever see that you know and so i read this book and i began reading books and it became a habit so you can do it too yeah and i do want to say this uh to any um pastors out there elders people that are teaching bible study i want to say this and this is really important there's nothing wrong with reading books and using excerpts in the sermon or in your discussion but please give them the credit when you are preaching and teaching they will more times than not i've had actually spoken to people that have written books and i've actually called them and say listen i really got a good point here I can I quote use you in a sermon and more times than not they'll say just say it you don't have to mention my name mention their name and if you, and it, and if you don't and if you don't remember their name that's okay but just say a certain author um when I was in seminary pastor Michael uh, and I got we got to close on this Dr. Haney would always tell us to footnote you know the footnote so we would be remembered so we would remember in our preaching to make sure that we give people credit you know there'll be times if you listen to some of my sermons that I've quote quoted Michael Teddy but I didn't I said I got this when a conversation from Michael Teddy now if I call Pastor Michael on the phone and say Michael can I use that idea you said Pastor Michael's going to say go ahead don't even mention my name but it's just if you read a book and if you get something that you believe is helpful to the sermon helpful give him credit it does not take long 
And Pastor Michael, if you can do this in 50 seconds to just add on to this, let's close this segment. But I know that you probably want to piggyback on this. So I can give you maybe 45 seconds and we'll close out. Yeah, I would just give this encouragement to pastors. The more you quote authors, it tells your people that you're reading. And if you want to get more people in your church to read, read with them. Do a book reading with them. Uh, Sit with people. Give them simple, small books to read. Ask them how they're journeying through it. Help them understand it. There are so many things you can do to help your congregation become better readers. And um, they need to read the Bible. And they need to be able to go to these books and be blessed by them. And they're a great treasure that we have. And we stand on the shoulders of generations of our forefathers who have written great books. Why not use all of that to equip our churches today? Well said. Pastor Dominic Romaldi with my co-host, Pastor Michael Teddy, Street Talk Theology, where we take theology and we bring it to the streets. Till next time. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. You can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at 891 West Corson Road, Casa Grande. And for more information, visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.org.